tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, Penny Dreadful fans, welcome back into the AfterBuzz TV Penny Dreadful After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Uh, we are talking Season 2, Episode 2, Verbis Diablo. I am Bobby DeMuro going down the line next to me, Marissa Serafini, Sarah Stratton, Allison Dean. Ladies, hello. Hello. Hola. Allison is back. Roxy is out this week, so Allison, you're just going to perennially fill in for one of us while we each have a week <laughs> off, and eventually you'll take over the show, so I hope you guys like her. Um, but Sarah, welcome back from Thank you. season one. We haven't seen you, and I know you've seen the first episode. Real quick, before we get into this one, what did you think of the first episode this season? Uh, first episode, I did a little bit of a binge watch. Me too. I watched yeah, uh, a little bit of last season, a little bit of this season all together to get caught up. So you asking me what I thought of the first episode? episode doesn't make sense. It just runs together. <laughs> because it's kind of like a movie in my it's head. It's like a blob. Yes. But you did say how we missed something last week. Uh, well, it wasn't It wasn't that you missed. It was just something that I wanted to talk about, and I was trying to get answers out. It was out. good. I had two questions. So Vic, Dr. Victor Frankenstein made a huge deal about, um, I guess we should call him Mr. Claire. Claire now? John Claire. John Claire touching the tub when the lightning was about to strike. He's like, don't do it. Of course, being that this is, you have to increase drama. He does, and he gets shocked. But there was no further implication of that. Like, there was no, like, he's really hurt, it's changed him. So I was like, why were you really that concerned? Are you concerned because it was going to affect him, or are you concerned because it would have affect um, the new Brona? Wait, like, who was concerned about I that? think both. Victor. Victor. Who was the one that was concerned? But we were kind of talking about that last week. Like, wouldn't Victor just kill... Like, when he was touching the tub, wouldn't he be like, yeah, touch the tub, and then you oh, get electrocuted. Oh, if he wanted to kill him? Yeah. Something. Yeah. I was just... Well, he obviously doesn't want to kill him because he had the opportunity to shoot him. Yeah. And if he had mm-hmm. wanted to kill him, he would have killed him then. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just concerning to me because I was like, well, is that going to have any effect? And then in this week, of course, we're going to get the tie-in. I don't want to go, go too much into this episode. But there is the stages of development and all the factors that can be implied into what these creatures have the ability of and where that could be. And he talked about the increase of shock and the decrease of shock. So to me, I was just kind of like, wait. <laughs> Why did you tell him to back up and then not follow through? He Here's, didn't okay. back up, and I saw no consequence. But not follow through. You just described Victor, and we can actually talk about it with this episode too, and tie it in. This is the virgin who can't, you know, he can't go through and kill Caliban. Now, John Clare, he'll always be Caliban to me. He can't. He hasn't <laughs> gone through with Brony yet. That's creepy. We'll talk about it anyways. We probably shouldn't. But this is the guy who can't follow through with much of anything. That's true. That's so true. you know, maybe it's a, mm-hmm. a. I don't know if you call it a character flaw or a little mm-hmm. idiosyncrasy, but that's mm-hmm. him. You can say both. Yeah. I think it's high EQ, low EQ. And then high, high IQ, low EQ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> EQ what does that mean? That I mean IQ, but... No, one person who has a high intelligence would have... And I'm not applying this to all people, but t- people who tend to have higher intelligence might have lower emotional intelligence and, oh. and have a harder time connecting to people on an emotional level. 
Although gotcha. he was doing a fair, fine, fine job in this episode. Okay, let's just start with that. I was going to start with Ethan, <laughs> but let's talk about that because this is creepy. Uh, Victor Frankenstein today with... Uh, Brona, who was Lily, but will always be Brona to me. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, dude, that's this is like sexual assault. It's. it's I thought it was r- rather weird that like how he just walked up to her and started after he told Caliban to don't touch her. Suddenly, he was just like, "I'll just go right up and start stroking your bare body." You know. Well, I think it's just the reflection that this Victor has claimed her Brona Lily. As his own, as not his as Caliban's, as his own property. He's like, this is my creation. I'm going to do with it what I will. It, it's it's mixed messages though because we have they have built up this physical tension between them that I'm totally creeped out by as well. <laughs> but on top of that, at least vocally, I feel like he is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline making very caring decisions. Yes. And that all the dialogue that he is telling Lily <laughs> is it's like, oh, you he phrased it very well, like you are his in, you are Calvin's intended, but I don't know if you loved him. He's not making it her pick sides. He really is giving her freedom of choice in a way. Um it's lying and it's not and why why give her that choice why say you know do i love him that's for you to decide why say that i agreed with that because yeah it's almost like you're setting her up for something other than what he had promised mr caliban you know i I see it more as like leading the witness Mm -hmm. he poses all these questions that are open-ended but kind of in a way cleverly Kind of seeking her and directing her to a, a way away from Caliban, but towards Victor. At least, <sighs> I, I guess I'm just saying that I'm glad that it's not. He's a horrible person. Oh, right. Then I would sure. be like, then why'd you do this in the first place? He is putting the freedom of choice out there. I think that. But on top of that, my bigger problem with this plotline is they have this sexual tension building that I don't feel is justified because I don't feel like they've made. Uh, Victor into a human being that we don't believe could be loved. Like I, I, I haven't under, I haven't seen him as the character who's been rejected right. or who's been hurt by other women. That this would be the only option for him is to have someone who has no mind of their own and mold them. Like so, that's a little bit surprising to me because the desire that they built for him is to be a creator, to make something different, to challenge life or whatnot. But this romantic tension, I don't know if I'm buying it yet, because you haven't showed me that this guy is can be a Casanova. Like, who knows? Well, I don't think he can be a Casanova, but yes, I hear (laughs) what you're saying, yeah. I I still don't see it as romantic yet. I see it as more as a controlling aspect Mm. from Victor. Because all of season one, we hear Victor's a virgin, and the audience is led to believe he's never had control with another woman or in any aspect in in any type of relationship. So this is the first time he can actually control a situation to a way that he wants it. I also think there's something to be said with Victor 
and the biblical aspect of what he's doing as creator. And at once he creates these these beings, these creatures, mm-hmm. and sees himself holier than thou in a way, I think, even though he rejects religion pretty soundly. He still sees himself holier than these beings. He sees Caliban as a beast who murdered his other being. This is, you know, whatever. Um, but then there's the other biblical aspect of, of the fall from grace, mm-hmm. the Adam and Eve thing, and he's sort of flirting with the Adam and Eve line. He goes from creator to Adam in the garden and maybe Brona's Eve in a perverted aye, way. Aye. <laughs> so it's it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy of almost I think to exemplify him as a master scientist who can create these people who can do this but he can't get out of his own damn way. Once he creates them, he messes it up. He, you know, I know he didn't mess it up with Proteus, but he messed it up with Caliban. He messes it up with Brona. Maybe he would have messed it up with Proteus, or maybe he got too emotionally attached to Proteus, and the mess up came when when the inevitable happened, and Proteus, you know, extinguished was killed. But mm-hmm. he 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 just he can't get out of his own way because he's human, even though he may not think that he is, or 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 you know, he may not think he's perfect. Did you think it was interesting when? Caliban was leaving the first time, Caliban slash Jean Claire. Uh, and he said, She is our future. Um, I mean, I didn't pick it out when I was watching it, but that you said it, I think it's interesting. I think what it pertains to is the fact that um, he put up a really important question to Victor earlier on when he was like, What are you going to be? What is Victor Frankenstein without his creature? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that his. His knowingness of what goes on inside of Victor's own head and what he knows his creator wants. So I think that in the term our future, yes, as an audience, we can read the underlying of, oh, both of you are having this weird sexual tension. But from the creature perspective, it's the I want a partner and you want a new creation. That's how I took it. To that's what I took it as. It was a nice dual meaning line. And I think maybe to some degree, Victor's going to be intertwined with Caliban. We've we've hypothesized not only Victor could have just killed him, but we've also hypothesized when Caliban gets what he wants, can he just leave? Right. He's obviously mm-hmm. got a job; he can go. But maybe Victor has some sort of reticence about that. Whether it's I don't want him to rat me out. If he says, "Hey, I'm a monster," I don't know how this would happen. But go look at what Victor Frankenstein's doing. This is weird. Arrest him or whatever. Maybe he's scared of being found out and being labeled a pariah or something. And so they 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 need each other in that way. Or Victor mm-hmm. needs Caliban to stay around. I don't know. Or maybe it's showrunners being like, "Hey, in episode <laughs> eight, I need this confrontation to happen." And I need these people to all collide. I think my biggest question for, for Victor's storyline is what did you think when Victor was changing Brona's image more to be... I, I saw it more as Victor's what appeals to Victor in a partner, not opposed to what appeals to Caliban. I just thought it was funny when when he said, like, doesn't no one will recognize her. And I was like, What? I was like, are you fooling yourself? <laughs> yeah. She um, looks like effectively the same. She looks like Brona still, <laughs> with blonde, blonde short hair. hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what to make of that. And we were talking about that when we were watching, too. Mm-hmm. We couldn't figure out who Brona Lily represented with the short blonde hair. We were racking our brains, like, season one, Victor, any blonde chicks, like, a, a parent, a sister. Like, I don't know if there's a, a blonde woman in his history that we know of. I don't it's know if it was angel. literally that, though. Oh, right. You, well, yeah. Okay. But I'm just, is there but a like, literal you, person? A mother that, even, I, th- I believe his mother was even brunette. Yeah. 
So, again... The opposite of his mother. That's what he was going for. Well, if you think about it, because even Victor's past growing up, he was an only child. And then the fact that when he's telling all these lies to Brona, being family-related and being like, no, we're cousins. And again, I think it's with Brona, he's like building this character to be a to be a person that he never had growing up and that he always wanted. Do you wonder, too, if he's setting himself up to fail gently? Uh, you because know, we're cousins? Yeah, we're cousins. Like, you, we can't do anything. We can't do anything. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you, you, you were you were betrothed to, to John Clare, and, and do I still love him? Well, you might. That kinda, <laughs> it kind of leaves it open for him where if she rejects him and chooses John Clare, he can be like, it was meant to be. <laughs> Let me create another one. I don't know. It's uh, The guy's got self-esteem issues on some level. So yes. maybe he's kind of, knowingly or unknowingly, setting himself up to let himself down easy. Could be. But again, leading the witness. Is like that leading Brona to cleverly like, go to him. <laughs> wow. Listen, I don't deal a lot with people creating new bodies from dead bodies, and I'm not an expert. Okay. Yeah, come on. We'll go with it. I feel like that plan had a little bit too much self-awareness. But it's, it's Victor, man. If, if somebody's self-aware in this show, it's Victor Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We will see. Mm-hmm. And and I just I I'm sticking on Caliban and Brona. I can't call him John Clare and the Lily. Uh, My most interesting thing is also I mean if we, unless we move on, but Brona they keep using maybe her memory will come back. I know. Does she remember? It's like that to me is very foreshadowing, and it's gonna be really funny if the thing that she remembers is not Ethan. Yeah, it had been yeah. something Dorian else. Gray or something. Yes, almost oh. exactly. Almost, yeah. a, almost a little cheap though. You know, well, maybe her memory will come back. Not this episode. Maybe next episode. No. Oh, episode five, her memory's back. No, yeah. it'll just be it's foreshadowing. Well, you'll find out. <laughs> it keeps you in for the season, right? Um, hey, well, let's talk a little bit uh, comic relief, Mr. Ferdinand Lyle. I love that guy. He's he is amazing. hilarious. I think we've all met a guy like him, right? Do we no, all know somebody? I definitely yeah. know people like this guy. Really? Oh, oh, oh flamboyant. I and I don't mean, I mean, he's kind of on, on the flamboyant homosexual side, like like uh, Poole was, was, you know, dressing him down within a scene. <laughs> but but just like flamboyant and funny and always has a response and always is talking back and knows everything about everything. I'm going to marinate on this. We all know a guy like this. Sure we do. Yes. Um, yeah. You, might, you do. might be I the like, person I was if you like, don't know anything. I was like trying to actually think of like all the people <laughs> that could resemble him as you were saying that. And I'm like, yeah, definitely not. But yes, flamboyant, <laughs> sure. I'll um, go with it. And he loves himself some Ethan Chandler. <laughs> He does. He def- well, who doesn't? Mad flirting. Eh? Who doesn't yeah. love some Ethan Chandler? Well, me. You? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Just for the record. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> what do we make of this verbis diablo uh, that he's uncovered? The puzzle. This is fun. This puzzle could last like the rest of the season. You're looking at the season right here. You think? I think so. Oh wow. Uh, maybe not. I mean, you might be looking at two episodes. <laughs> but this is a, this is something that's going to be a significant time thing. It's going to get. Ferdinand to stick around, which is good, not just for the comic relief, but that scene with him and Madame Kali with with Ugh. Evelyn Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's playing both sides against the middle, or he's beholden to her in some way. I felt like he was trying to be protective of Vanessa. Like there's something with Vanessa, so I think he's still very. Um, I don't know. He's feeling like he needs to obey. Well, he's being blackmailed. Yes. yes. First yes. and foremost, he's being blackmailed. She also tells him that he's found himself in um, 
what he used to dream about. My question is, I don't really feel like she's shown him the extent or anywhere near what their powers are. No, his blackmail is exclusively yes. real world because she called him a sodomite. It's it's it's. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push you out of the closet if you don't do as I say. Mm-hmm. Which in his world but at would the be same time she she prefaces this conversation with saying like, oh, we are part of the occult or something. She definitely says that they are. Which matters in which he has looked into. I just don't think he knows the extent. He may not. Exactly. And so I think that is kind of, that's why he's so questioning about, like, well, what are you going to do with Mazives? But he doesn't know what these people are capable of. Like, what we see in this episode, I obviously didn't even know what they were capable of. Who's But But, yes, again, to go off the first part of your question, the setup for the the, who's the new big bad of the season, yes, I think it's it's the whole storyline of the devil. Because even in the first season, we had Anubis and Amun-Ra, and that kind of got tied up. And now this is the whole next antagonist throughout the season. Who Whose side is Ferdinand on right now? Vanessa. Ferdinand? I know. T's on Team Ferdinand. He's on his own side. He's just going to wave in the middle there. I, I think it's more for protecting himself because mm-hmm. e- either party could do a lot of terrible things to him. Mm-hmm. But he did give them the relics and I mm-hmm. believe those are true. And the pull leading the breadcrumbs so this can actually they can actually find out the Rosella. Maybe that's their own undoing. Her she's giving them some of the truth. She's not controlling everything. She let them into actual relics. So maybe they'll be able to find out something they can outdo her. Well, she did say, like, this will help Vanessa this will lead Vanessa mm-hmm. to me. So I think, yeah, there's a part of it where she is fine with it. But I would just hope that it does even more. Not only lead oh, her it to will. it, but I'm like it will. Gives her oh, the strength will. to beat her. It's it's mm-hmm. Ferdinand to me too is dangerous in a in a non-dangerous way. Because he's such I guess a busybody for lack of a better term. He wants to be involved. He's he's a gossiper to the fullest extent. Yes. He is going to at some point this season, if not this very next episode, mess something up for somebody unintentionally because he wants to get involved and stick his nose somewhere he shouldn't. I can and the that. more that he works with works with, the more that he's blackmailed by Evelyn Poole and then turns around and works with Vanessa and all them, and the more information he kind of gleans off both sides to play them against each other in the middle, he will knowingly or unknowingly do something very bad for somebody very soon because he either thinks he's helping or because he just can't help himself. I see it. He's mm-hmm. That's a dangerous guy. Or hell, maybe he's got powers himself. I guess we don't know. Ooh, <laughs> again, that would be exciting. Again, I think he's a character that knows way more information that's going on and he's not sharing all the information with the right people. And he, he's, he's the keeping scholar. keeping cards mm-hmm. close to him. He's the real world scholar mm-hmm. and he knows things that... Uh, that um, Evelyn Poole doesn't know when she asked him about Ethan, and he was like, "Oh, nothing about Ethan." But, but he knows about the whole wolf, like the whole conversation about the wolf stuff that or, was going on. Or right? He's gonna find out. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, and he knows things about Vanessa probably, or has an inkling, I'm sure, on some level. And then he certainly knows stuff that Vanessa and Malcolm go to him about because he's their expert. Mm-hmm. So he knows stuff that each side doesn't know, and he can use that depending oh, yeah. on how it goes to really mess some things up. Yes, it's it's exactly. a fascinating character that you point out because we the whole introduction to him that we, we just brought up is he's the comic relief. And to combine the character of the fool yeah. with also the character of like, the genius, be, like the sage, <laughs> yeah, someone who's giving this show 
wisdom, wisdom and access and moving the plot forward and is also a device and is also comic relief. That's a great character. This yeah. show, show needs to be created. I agree with you. Like, yeah. we have so many people who are tormented and, like, we get all these close-up shots of just, like, what is going on in each individual's head. And then you get to his and his head's like, You're like, thank goodness He's like, bring, bring both your guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different nice. close-up game. <laughs> Yeah, we need him really badly for a lot of reasons. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's a red herring and I'm just saying it because we saw him enough. But it'd be a hell of a good red herring, too. Mm -hmm. But I think he's going to function a lot more significantly. And I hope he does because of the levity he brings. Because all these people, God love Vanessa. God love Eva Green. I can't watch her for 45 minutes every day. She, she didn't factor in as much today. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, every it's if you okay. did this every episode with just Malcolm and her and serious serious serious, it would just bog down. So yeah, you need things like Ferdinand Lyle and and mm-hmm. Dorian Gray. Here here, I was just thinking that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Um I guess we'll see what happens with Ferdinand, but to get back to some people around Ferdinand, we talked about Evelyn Poole. Let's talk about her and Sir Malcolm. I was, like, so grossed out. I was like, no. A lot of no, unwanted, well, weird advances. Today. Well, we, we did see last episode, she she did mention the line that she's going to go after some oh, Sir yeah. Malcolm to, to get him out of the way just so she can use him to get to Vanessa. Yeah. So it was like, obviously, whatever methods and tactics she was using on Sir Malcolm, it was working, but it, it was just that, that whole setup for what she has planned it. I, I, I knew it was going to happen, I just knew that I didn't want to watch it happen. <laughs> well, before we learned that she was a baby-killing witch, um, yes. was anyone on board for the Sir Malcolm at the time Madame Kali um, relationship? Like, before it was confirmed how horrible this woman was and right. what she could do, was anyone like, oh, yes, he can find someone? I don't see Sir Malcolm as a cad at all. <laughs> I know this has been portrayed to us with his wife, and I just I don't see him as a player. <laughs> I just uh-huh. can't. Uh, I yeah, don't know. I agree with you on that. I, I agree. It's weird. And so when something like this comes up, and I see him more or less hitting on her, and the thing at the gun range, and the thing with the perfume, and I'm kind of like... It's a little unnerving. Like, he's everybody's dad, you know? He feels like my dad in a way. I'm like, don't, don't do that. What are but, you doing? Uh, I do admit, at the end of season one, I, I believe we mentioned it in our last after show last season, that, that I felt like that connection when they met in that store, that seemed more of a genuine relationship that could have really started out the Evelyn could have really been a good person for Sir Malcolm had we known in season two that she's just a crazy <laughs> biatch. But I, I saw it. It was a potential to have mm-hmm. maybe a genuine relationship. But obviously that's not the case. Does she have any capability for love? Anyone? Did, did you see the final scene? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, we there, saw it. I don't think there, were not, there was not just the Vanessa doll in that room. There were hundreds of dolls. Yeah. I was so creeped out. I was like, this is bringing back nightmares of, like, childhood films or, like, horror movies that I... Yeah, those so kind I was of like, dolls no. are... Those are a little weird to begin with. But if they all have babies' hearts in them... <laughs> oh, all the... Yeah. No. Also, it was the most confusing setup. I was like, is this her, like, shrine of power? Right. What mm. are these? Like, does she paint the babies to make them look like dolls? I believe they like, call those woman caves. Oh, is that what you guys do? Do, you, do women have rooms in their homes and this is what it is? Is it dolls? News, no. news to me. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm sure to go that straight. I'm no. But Not even getting like, I was so like, what is... Th- I knew there was a baby in that bag the whole time, but I was convinced it was her shrine for power. Oh my God. Anything. When it turned into... 
whatever it was, voodoo doll. That's is the that thing. What, is that what we're getting out That's, of this? Yeah, yeah. We got witches now. We got voodoo. We got we got all kinds of stuff. They they kind of throwing like the whole kitchen sink at us. She here. is not playing fair with the voodoo. <laughs> she ain't playing fair. I, I agree with the whole setup and the way they shot it with all the different types of. Dolls that yeah. we saw. I saw them maybe as they were totems or conduits exactly. for magical per- elements, the properties that, you know, when she casts her curses mm-hmm. and whatnot. But then to lead to something as dark as voodoo and witchcraft, that, that brings a whole nother mm-hmm. storyline into it. Well, yeah. Yep. Because we saw so many. How old is she? Like, how long oh. has this been going on? Like, really, she she's probably, she's not as old as we think she is. She's probably older than we think she or is. Or she this, has one for every this day has of been, the year. I don't know. This has been going on for centuries. I, I took this to ever. be, yeah, it was conquest. These are her conquests for sure. Yeah, I, but how I, long has it been going on? We, That's the question. Why is Vanessa so big? Adding? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the very biggest close-up. Adding voodoo or whatever this is, black mat, who knows. Um, I can't help but imagine Roxy in the next couple weeks doing the... Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> ten times a show. Because it's going to get really confusing because you got everything. Which, I feel like we just got witches. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not ready. Like, like keep witches. Let's do witches. I don't want to do the voodoo yet. I'm not, I'm not there. I don't think you can do the voodoo for long unless we get another weapon on, like, our good guy's side. We will. Because... I'm like, we must. Exactly. I'm assuming we must. They've given you voodoo, baby killing, seduction of Malcolm's spell going on. The the demonic language in and of itself. Yeah, Yeah, you have a double agent happening. Like... The bad guys are like getting all of these like cool things. Cool, cool, cool. I, I, you guys make me think. Be careful with right? that word. I know. It's like we need something for our good guys. I'd play the hell out of a Penny Dreadful video game. Same. Just think about here. it. Just think about it. Oh, I'm That'd sure it's in the works. Yeah, oh, it's got to be. Yeah. If they got a clothing line, you got to put a video game. Yeah, on. yeah. Um, all the creatures you could kill. Th- yeah, exactly. But you can create all your the own. We need. Hello? So we need something on the good guy's side, and I think that maybe a hint of that could be Ethan learning a little bit more about what he is, mm-hmm. and maybe controlling that power a little bit more. Because we definitely were learning more about him. He was learning about himself in this episode with our lovely friend when they found the shields. Him being like, um, he knew the Latin for hounds, but he was corrected to be told that was wolves. Who knows? Maybe that unleashed a lot of knowledge in his past or what he had been told or what he had been raised with. And there was definitely, I felt, like an internal reaction I agree with you. to how the wolves killed. So this could be... Could be it. But when is Ethan going to find out what he is? What episode is this happening? He has to do it quick because Roper's going to talk one day, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Or turn Slowly into a Well, we were, yeah, we were saying that. Like, Roper may be... Roper had some real bushy eyebrow thing happening where I was like... Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, also, I mentioned because... Roper was attacked by Ethan. Is he going to turn into a werewolf? Right, exactly. And we did see that the shot of his eye, his eyes bloodshot. I was like, he has the potential of turning as well. Uh-huh. We are on Tim. Yeah, He's going to have a whole time. pack. 
His whole British pack. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is another... I'm just like... And I forgot about werewolves. I'm like, we got the werewolves in. American in London. Isn't there the regular Jack the Rippers running around too? I don't know if he's going to come in. No, we have the whole American in London storyline going on. That's the thing. Yeah. But the regular Jack the Ripper is running around. It's not impossible that they would do that. I mean, he's he's in the Wax Museum. So obviously it's a storyline that's relevant for them right now. And they mentioned him in first season too. I doing some rewatching because I feel like Jack the Ripper was mentioned in season one and it was like a cover-up story. But but it's something. it's happening. It's just not it's these murders. It's currently happening in London. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever connect. Yes. But I have a feeling that they wouldn't mention it and then show it in the Wax Museum and stuff if it wasn't going to come up again. Yeah. So, yeah, so who knows? Or it could be a good potential opportunity for Caliban to step up mm-hmm. and actually choose the good side and use his brute strength. Well, I was actually thinking to help that the fight, especially when he had his whole conversation yeah. at the soup kitchen in the soup kitchen, the well, cholera soup kitchen. Cholera. Uh, um. Yeah, Nasty I was thinking stuff. it could be an interesting overlap to have happened because obviously he suddenly now he gets another layer of confidence from Vanessa telling him he has beautiful eyes <laughs> and you know it, you could see that in him he was like he's, he it's like a layer of shock that someone else is confirming this but I think that'd be very interesting if their storylines all merge oh, and there must overlap. yeah they must right yes yeah. and he, I think I think he would be a good Brute strength guy for team. They need more team positive. (laughs) What I learned in in this show is that, unbeknownst to me, London is a very small town. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just meets each other right in the the town square. Yeah, you know, everyone resides in the same theater halls. There's no other places. Like it is a small world. You can guarantee that everyone's going to run into each other at other time. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is why Doctor Frankenstein's an idiot. But you know, I'm with our other four people. I did. I liked the soup kitchen scene. Oh yeah, no, I thought it was. Yeah, no, it was a good scene. And important to me is not much Vanessa besides that today. Mm-hmm. So it, it was humbling, and I did like the interaction, the first interaction between Vanessa and Calvin, because this is the first time they've ever met on screen, as we saw. But my, I think my only, and I don't want to nitpick, but like my only issue with this scene was Sir Malcolm. I found it so hard to believe that his type of character, after all the episodes. That has built up to believe that he is not a good person throughout, like straight across the board. And then I felt like this type of action, being so selfless and helping people Mm -hmm. in this type of low down situation, I had a hard time believing his character would ever do something like this. Cliff notes first, but Sir Malcolm is, you know, I cheat on my wife all the time. I go to Africa for years and abandon my family. I might have killed my son in some way in Africa. My daughter has also died, and it's a whole big thing. And I volunteer at the soup kitchen every week if you'd like to join me. It's like exactly okay. It's it's so out of character for him for me to believe that he would do something like this. Um, I I was fine with it. Huh. Um. Yeah. I'm like I'm looking at you because I'm like sometimes you like fill me in. I'm like you should feel that way, Allison. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I wasn't completely against it because he didn't say he went every week. He was like, yeah, I yeah, when I can. I go and, every day. Yeah, yeah, that way we would be like, uh-uh. We'd be like, no, you don't. No. I, I kind of just let it kind of slide by and not rub me the wrong way. But because I was more concerned, like, why Caliban was there. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but didn't but, you just get a job? Well, but remember, the job pays virtually nothing. nothing. But right. remember. Does he need to eat? But that's an environment <laughs> where people aren't going to be as judgmental. Yeah. That's, that's true. true. And Sir Malcolm doesn't have that like Catholic guilt that Vanessa has. The Catholic, you know, her, all of her kind of prayer scenes that we see every couple episodes. Sir Malcolm doesn't do any of that. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not, and that's not to say he doesn't have something to him that we just don't know about. 
but he doesn't have that same sort of guilty conscience, I guess. He's a little colder to the world. Which <sighs> colder to the world, I do think he has a guilty conscience, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, about about his that. children and stuff, not yeah. necessarily out into the universe. He's very, you know, inwardly focused. I would argue. True, but I mean, then you you. I think that we are seeing a rise in his character all around. Who, that might be his demise because in this episode they made sure yes we did add the soup kitchen we did add that he was very honest with Evelyn Poole he was very honest with her and that he was like I'm married I can never commit to this it would yep. be to his family like we saw him obviously choose Vanessa he's there for her he's trying to help her in different ways they're building up his character in this season I like, like it I just don't like him with freaking this pool Ugh. Do you like Dorian Gray with Angelique? <laughs> I totally said to her, I was like, that guy's a, she's a man. <laughs> I was like, the minute, the minute she walked up, I was like, an attractive man, but an, uh, like, <laughs> that'd be a man. Are we allowed to, can we allowed to assume that on the show? I'm like, hey, yep. And you know who doesn't care about that? Dorian, Dorian. Gray. He does not give care. a damn. He's, he's like, he's very equal opportunity. Whatever. Yeah. But it's also like the introduction of Angelique only having one name. There's like okay, there's already a red flag there. It's like something is off. As, as polite as everybody is, I'm Vanessa Ives, Miss Ives, <laughs> and I'm Angelique. Call me Angelique. You're like uh, okay. Something's we know right. we know who you are. You know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna nitpick. I'm gonna D- nitpick, go Marissa. For it. I'm gonna nitpick with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, did anyone else find it interesting that in the course of a day he went from saying no at lunch to like I'm over totally my yes. and heart and Do I'm gonna say yes tonight because he's a hedonist. He can't help himself. I, yeah, I was not surprised by that. I was <laughs> like, of course. Or, or if I may tell you folks what Melissa told Marissa told me, I can't speak today. The best way to get over somebody is to get under someone else. Mm. She said that. Mm-hmm. She said. She that? said that. I, I made her repeat it. I was like, what did you say, say that again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this came from you. Uh, <laughs> but true, it could it, be totally true. Very true. And totally for, true. For yes, for him especially. I just kind of feel like he's been pining over. Vanessa for a little bit. We haven't really seen it. And to me, he was like still very in the dreads of it today. He was looking at her picture. And I was just like, I don't know if I believe you switched that no, fast because he's any, still, without any event. He still can pine for Vanessa and be in love with Vanessa, but it doesn't excuse his sort of carnal needs to... Okay. Yeah, he, he's still that guy. So he can still be, like, he can still be boinging Angelique and, you know, and still be in love with Vanessa, totally. Okay. okay. I think the thing with Dorian, why he's so intrigued by Vanessa, is that Vanessa probably one of the only people he's ever encountered that actually questioned him back. And sure. actually treated him as a human being and went philosophical and deep and on mm-hmm. world-related topics where everyone else he just slept with Surface stuff. and didn't yeah. even care. It was all superficial. There was no deep relationship Mm -hmm. and connection. I agree. I think that on this whole storyline, though, with Dorian Gray, we're going to need to see a little bit more than him have flings with people or or have sex with someone who's slightly intertwined with his group, like when he did with Brona. I think he needs more of the supernatural element. Like, he is a supernatural being. I want to see him encountering more of the foes or allies or whatnot that we are seeing happening 
to everyone else. Every, exactly. Yeah. Like he is existing in this city as well. Why is he not coming in contact with the witches as much? Why is he not coming in contact with the master? He just seems to be still on his own with, okay, here's a new lover, here's a new whatnot. So I'm wondering if Angelique might present that, but I need that more in this show. Because right. right now he's just this tangent that's floating around who's connected to Miss Eyes. I don't know if he will be intersected mm-hmm. with all of it, though. Mm-hmm. I think he may just be the the love the love aspect of, of Then the I don't sh- know if I need to see him. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. considering what he does, the hedonistic thing, the, the pure mm-hmm. pleasure thing, I mean, it'd almost be disingenuous to the character in the story if he suddenly grew a conscience. Mm-hmm. But he could sleep with the wrong thing. Oh, for sure. Or something. Because yeah. right, right now, I don't need to see his storyline. Because it's not... We are dealing with these other people who have crazy witches who are killing babies. Who's to say? Who's to say if he has a thing for Vanessa on some level that uh, Evelyn Poole can't figure that out and go to him and exploit his hedonistic sensibilities and get something in return? And maybe Mm. that's when I want to see scenes with him. And so, unless Angelique is providing (laughs) something along those lines, I don't need to see his scenes with Angelique. And we still haven't even seen this one portrait. Yeah, he's not. He's not being intertwined with any of these other characters. He's just kind of floating around. And unless they can make this a bigger picture that I want to witness, there is so much going on. I have so many questions. I don't need that as much. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He, he's a backburner. Like, Brown is interesting because she was a love interest that now became entied with everyone. And she's creating plot. She's creating drama. She's creating, creating thought. And it's ever-changing. Versus with Dorian Gray, you're kind of like... I think okay, I was okay with it. Someone else. I was okay with it in the sense that it was not a major focal point. So mm-hmm. it was like it was like, oh, there's a couple minutes of that. Oh, there's a couple minutes of that, and we're done with Dorian Gray. Like it was not enough for me to feel like I was being cheated yeah, by I, other storylines. I'm giving it a little time to give it some more. <laughs> I'm just saying it better give me some. You more. better give yeah, me some but, more. Uh, uh, um, uh, going off of that, but being like not being cheated in a way, I saw it as more as it was a storyline that took away from the bigger storyline that's already going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it took away. I just thought it was like another layer of Dorian Gray that we're seeing, and I was like, which, well, which new layer did you see? Well, uh, oh well, the biggest, the <laughs> biggest layer was uh, was Vanessa. Was the Vanessa love thing? That's the that layer. Was, yeah, that's the layer. Because they know? did focus on that. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is the hedonistic guy who admits to being in love, whether or not he was lying or whatever. Who knows? But mm-hmm. but there's something going on with the picture there. You don't come on. It's like checking your ex's Instagram feed in this day and age. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you just come on. There's something there. Um, anything else on this episode? We're kind of running out of time, so I want to oh, get to news and gossip sorry. and stuff. But anything else this week that we missed, you guys? Oh. Um, oh, I'm sure yes. there is, but Always. now that you've asked it in that <laughs> rough sort of manner, if, I don't know. If we did, if you were watching on YouTube, hit comment. You can comment, tell us. So if you guys mm-hmm. do a great job of that anyways, you can always tweet us. Okay, we'll give our Twitters out at the end of the show. Before we do that, let's get to news and gossip. After news and gossip. Got a couple pieces of news for you guys. The first one is the season two premiere last week was the least popular Penny Dreadful episode ever. What? I have a feeling my hunch is is because they released it early and because the show had a following from season one that a ton of people may have watched it online early and the over-the-air TV ratings were affected because so many people were like, I'm getting this thing early. We all did, didn't we? Didn't everybody watch it early? It messed up the Nelson ratings. Is everyone DVRing it anyway, so doesn't that register? I'm not sure, but that's a good question. But I have a feeling that 
a lot, so many people watched it online early that I wouldn't, I didn't DVR it. Yeah, but it already is auto DVRing from last season for you. It's a trigger. It's like you're perpetually recording whenever Penny Dreadful pops up. I guess. I Unless don't, you change your DVR yeah, settings. I don't, I'm not an auto DVR guy. I'm a manual. Oh, you are? i got to be in oh. control. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't okay. trust it. Because oh. I feel like I'll get a lot of reruns. Not with this show, well, but other shows. That, my darling. It's you too hard. It's too hard. Maybe. Well, let's just get them to it out and say that people are creating friends over Penny Dreadful and watching together. There you go. So mm-hmm. instead of four... Four TVs, you're getting one. I am not believing any of this right now. Sarah Sarah Strickland, public relations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The second piece of Penny Dreadful news I've gotten, Marissa's got a good one too. Sarah Green plays Hecate. How are we pronouncing her name? Hecate. We haven't decided. (laughs) What's the Greek? I've I've heard the pronunciation Hecate. I've heard Hecate. Hecate, Hecate. Hecate, Hecate. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. Whatever it is. Whatever region you're from. (laughs) So apparently, uh, the actress's name who plays Hecate is Sarah Green. She's an Irish actress. She is apparently part of the most famous Irish, like, super couple, actor couple. I didn't know this. I don't know anything about Irish pop culture. It's with uh, Aiden Turner. He's in a show called Poldark on BBC. So if we have any Irish watchers, which I have a feeling we do because they filmed this in Ireland, um, tell us what they like. Are they like Brad and Angelina? Like, I don't know. Sarah Green and Aiden Turner. There was just a big thing about how she's got on the scene, not only because of the show, which is a relatively minor role, but she's dating this dude, Aiden Turner, who must be like the truth in Ireland. And so they're like a huge like celebrity couple. It's it's you know Sardan. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you'd pronounce their name. Kimye. As. <laughs> I, think you, I think what you really need to take away from this news and gossip is that if your last name is Green, you should go audition for Penny Dreadful. Yeah, and they hire females Green. with the last name and Green. Irish names That's Sarah Green and Aiden Turner. There has never been a more Irish couple, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marissa, what you got? Um, over the week, Billy Piper did a Q&A panel on Facebook. And just that there were a lot of people who added questions, but some that I really took away from, just a couple I'll read really quickly. How much does the writer slash director allow for ad-libbing? And she said, very little. The details of the plot are so fine that you have to be incredibly loyal to the script. The Which words mean everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And a, a little bit about her audition part. She did a self-tape with a friend of hers that helped her. And then next thing she knew, she was eating a Caesar salad with John Logan, the creator. We've, we've all been there. Of course. That's how it always <laughs> happens. And if she could play another character, it would be the creature because of his beautiful mind, supernatural strength, and envy how well uh, he, how well read he is. Oh. Yes. And then um, a little bit about that bath scene that when she was in the tub submerged. Ugh. Um, she said she moaned about it constantly and gave herself mild panic t- attacks. Ooh. You know, dealing with water and being underwater for so long. For oh, so many sorry. Takes. I, was, I was envisioning this. Okay, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, so being underwater in that in that tub scene. And then one last thing. What's her favorite thing about working on the show? She said the quality of the script and the cast. The team they've selected is just such a brilliant bunch of people. I agree with you. Tell me something I don't know. Yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> I mean, we knew that. I agree. If she had said Duh. differently, we would have been like, what? <laughs> and then we would all take it in our ball-shaped forms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do some predictions. Do you disagree? <laughs> do not have The voice. And now, it was a voice. You can do it, too, I promise. Yeah, All right, I will start because I'm going to stick with my prediction earlier. Ferdinand Lyle is going to screw something up. I he's, like it. He's a busybody. <laughs> I know this isn't like a true prediction because it's not super specific, but he is going to 
I think unknowingly, I take him at face value. I think he's an innocent, nice enough guy, at least in innocent in, in the realm we're talking about. I think he's a nice enough guy. I'll mm-hmm. take him at face value, and I think he's going to unwittingly really screw something up for either Vanessa or Ethan. Hmm. I, I think because you mentioned that somehow Dorian has to get tied and connected to everybody. I think maybe his portrait, Dorian is a kind of person who can live for as long as he can as of right now. Maybe that'll connect to these dolls in a way. I don't know, some supernatural connection that these things live when something is transferred to Mm. or, you know, implanted into these dolls. And Dorian, whenever he's affected, he transfers things to his portrait. So, I don't know, some maybe some supernatural connection there. I see that we are going to Ethan is going to look into his past and mm-hmm. figure out what he is mm-hmm. by doing some research. I like it. <laughs> I think that we're going to see another overlap. I think that Caliban slash John Claire may go in search of this Vanessa Ives character that he just met um, because he felt some. Well, you know what I mean? Like, he felt some respect from her, and they had such a lovely conversation that I think that might occur. Do you think they're, those partners are going to swap? So. Do you think what? Do you think Brona and Vanessa are going to swap? Like, Listen. it'll be Victor and Brona and Caliban and Vanessa. God bless Brona Lily. She right now... <laughs> Brona Lily, I the, love it. The creation of her right now is an idiot. And Caliban is very well-read and very smart. True and that. does he have the patience? I know he's waited long enough to create her, but does he have the patience now that he has an eye on somebody like Vanessa and the blind girl. Yeah, because we don't know what's happening with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I saw more of, when they were sitting and chatting, I saw more of a friend thing happening. Like, he just felt like a mutual kinship with her. I don't know. But that's not that. I just just have to remember that someone gave him an orange and he attacked her face. (laughs) So, she complimented her eyes. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? There you go. Oh, right, All right, guys. As we get out of here, remember, comment, subscribe on YouTube, uh, iTunes. You can subscribe and rate us. And if you want to talk to us, tweet us. You can do that right now. Allison, let's start with you. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Where can they find you? Same, same thing for everything. At the Allison Dean. That's it. Woo-hoo. That's it. Yeah. Sarah's got Sarah. nothing. She doesn't have a Twitter. You don't have a Twitter still. Nope. Good thing. All right, Marissa, what about oh, you? Good thing. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I am on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. We'll see you guys next week for more Penny Dreadful. Good night. Good night. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 